Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode of Locker Room Talk Uncut. I am Drew Garrison in the locker room with Chad Penrod, getting into our big Super Bowl preview. Today we're going to talk the Super Bowl. We're going to talk betting the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about what players we would want from every team in the NFC North. Um, Touch more on the NBA, some things that have happened with the Kobe Bryant development going on. Uh, Lots of good topics for you today. Lots of football talk. Going to get into the Super Bowl big time. Um, Before we do that, though, Chad, uh, Browns offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt and uh, new GM Andrew Barry. How are you feeling about that? Hey, I uh, I really like the Alex Van Pelt pickup. Um, I know Bengals fans probably still don't know much about him, uh, only having him one year. But uh, kind of into Alex Van Pelt, he left um, the Packers in 2018. Actually, the Packers didn't want to resign him, pissing off uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Rodgers was pissed. Aaron Rodgers will uh, vouch for that guy until the end. Um, you can't base what he did off one year with. Andy Dalton, who was on his way out. Um, his numbers still weren't terrible. No, 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 no. And and looking back, I mean, the Bing, not to say the Bengals didn't do the right thing. The Bengals did the right thing, benching Andy Dalton to see what they had in Ryan Finley. You 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 had to do that just because. Are we going to take Burrow? It's you know, me and you had talked about it. Um, it's kind of like the, the Dolphins going to Rosen there for a minute and quickly found out, hey, fuck that. We don't want him. We'd rather play with a hundred-year-old uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you can't. I mean, like like you said. I mean, Andy had didn't have a, a great year. His and the one thing that stood out to me this year with Andy was his decision making. He he's he's never had great great decision making. But um, there was times this year um, where he wasn't even under pressure, and I've seen a lot of bad decision making. Yeah. And I I don't know. I don't I don't know why I, I don't know why that is. I don't know. That just. That really stands out to me about Andy, but but Alex Van Pelt, I mean, I'll take him because Browns fans and you guys are kind of – I know he's not a flashy good uh, – a flashy guy, um, but you got to understand, Kevin Stefanski was brought in here for one reason, and that's to, to, to get this offense going with all the, the talent that's over there. So um, it's going to be uh, Stefanski's plays that he's calling. They're going to work – you know, I, I would say hand in hand in this offense. I did see today that Van Pelt might call the plays. Doesn't worry me at all. Um, Van Pelt is a uh, seasoned vet. Um, like I said, and the main thing there, you gotta love that um, Aaron Rodgers is just re- vouching for the guy. Well, he was pissed into uh, when they let him go in 2018. So um, that one, I'm very happy about. Um, as far as the GM uh, Andrew Barry, I mean, I'll be honest, he was my third. He was my third want at GM I initially wanted Ed uh Ed Dodds um uh assistant GM there in Indianapolis and uh he he was not leaving he re- actually I think he refused the interview um and then I don't know why the Browns fucked up what they had with George Patton this guy has refused so many GM interviews over the years um just you know waiting for the right spot and the Browns got two interviews with him they should have to me they should have really sunk their teeth in on George uh Patton and and went that route you know and Andrew Barry was third for me um he was actually with us two uh seasons ago when we had Sashi Brown there Moneyball and um 
he, you know, and he had his, and he went to Philadelphia last year and had his hands all over what they, what they were doing uh, with that team as far as you know the draft and, um, be, you know being at the combines and doing all that. So he comes in, he's thirty one, thirty two years old, very young, youngest Your GM, <laughs> yeah, my age, uh, youngest GM in the league. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I said, my third choice. That's kind of a wait and see approach. I I, I like Dorsey. Um, Dorsey just made a lot of flashy moves, but if you look at the back end of Dorsey, you know, in the in, in some of the later rounds, you're like, ah, eh, you know, did he did he hit? Did he miss? Well, I mean, time will tell on those guys. Um, but we'll see. You know, I'm I'm excited for Alex Van Pelt. That's for sure. And I'll see you with Andrew Barry. And, and getting into Van Pelt, you said that he may call the plays, and I'm sure that kind of remains to be seen. But but looking to that. I almost think that's a good thing. Yeah, because, you know, Freddie brought in a very good OC last year from the Bucks and Todd Monken. Um, you know, he wasn't much of a, a runner, which we ran, obviously we had Chubb. Um, but he did not want to give up any of that to Monken. Freddie didn't, and it fucking smacked him right in his face. So I'm with you. I, when I see that, I'm kind of like, that shit that tells you a lot about Stefanski. Like, yeah, you know, like he he's going to trust his guys and he's going to trust this guy to to call the right plays. Well, and that's that's kind of my take on it because you look at a lot of these younger guys, Zach Taylor, Freddie Kitchens. I think he was fairly young. At least it was his first head coaching gig. These offensive guys, they come in and they say they're going to call their own plays. And I correct me if I'm wrong. Hugh Jackson did his at least one of those years, right? Or did he always have an OC calling the plays? I think um, Hugh jumped back in it in his second year when everyone started questioning what Haley right. was doing. Okay, that that sounds better. But but the point that I'm making on that is these young guys come in and they've been a coordinator or Zach Taylor's been just a quarterbacks coach, um, and they okay I'm gonna I'm gonna be a head coach I'm gonna call my own plays and I think a lot of those guys can get into an NFL game and realize oh my God, there's so much shit I have to manage here. Oh, yeah. i got to be watching offense. i got to be watching defense. When do I take my timeouts? Am I challenging this play? Am I not challenging this play? Is my special teams ready? And I think that they it, it's easy to take a job and be like, okay, I'm an offensive guy. I'm going to call my own plays. I'll get my OC to help me out, but I'm calling the plays. And then you get into it, and it's real, and you're in live action, and you're like, oh, shit, there's so much that maybe they don't consider. And I'm sure they consider it. They're NFL head coaches, but – I err on the side of have a close relationship with Van Pelt, be on the same page with Van Pelt on, on what you're going to do. And I'm sure Stefanski will have suggestions, you know, for play calls. And, and a lot of those, you know, first drives of the first half and the first drive of the second half, they say, are scripted. So they'll, they'll have a good hand on that. But let Stefanski, as a younger guy, coach the game, manage everything that he has to manage on the sidelines because he's got to look at everything. You know, he's the head guy. And, and trust Van Pelt to, to make the play calls. Now, we don't know if he's a good play caller or not, but that, that remains to be seen. But that'll be something that he and Stefanski work on together. I just err on the side of young guy, first head coaching opportunity. Don't overwhelm yourself. Yeah, and you know, and that kind of takes me to what, uh, if, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, but Jarvis was on Undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. I was reading and, that. Yeah, and he, and, you know, they kind of asked, you know, what was the problem? And towards the end of that, you know, obviously – you're going to have a scripted answer. You don't want to pinpoint 6 and 10 on anybody. But one of the things Jarvis said towards the end of that uh, question, he said that 
Um, Baker had, or, but yeah, he said that Baker and Freddie had a great relationship, but then Jarvis kind of turned to like, well, Hey, you need to have a great relationship with everybody. Right. Like, don't, you know, don't get me wrong. The quarterback moves this fucking thing, but there's great players here and you got to establish that, that, that coach player, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say mentality like or, bond. or friendship bond. I, I don't know. I don't know, you know what they call it there, but, um, yeah, that's, that's uh that sticks out to me. So I think that Stefanski is going to be more into all the players and not sit there and baby Baker, um like we said in the past. We thought thought that they thought that he did, um you know. And with Van Pelt, I just think that I I would say that he's been in these discussions with other teams and had his hand hand in uh. You know, you know, Aaron likes to do this. He likes to run these plays, or you know, because oh yeah, for Aaron the, he, to be that mad about them oh, not yeah. re-signing him, and, he he meant something. Oh yeah, and I mean, you got to understand those guys work hand in hand with you know, um, with the with the quarterbacks. Uh, Van Pelt did, and you know, kind of going back to Van Pelt. I mean, not saying much here, and this is no knock at your Bengals here, but Van Pelt was the best coach on the Bengals. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Zach Taylor should probably still be a quarterbacks coach. <laughs> Zach Taylor is what Freddie Kitchens is. He's not ready. He's he's simply not ready. I don't want to. Uh, you know what? Actually, let's get into that. You know, well, let's get in that a little bit. You know, um, I like the fact that the Bengals played for him. That's yeah, the entire season. I, you know, but coming in in your first season, not not a whole lot of talent there. I think you're trying to establish that. But this guy's I think he's just in over his head just like Freddie was, man. I just I I think that he he might do good with Burrow, but like we've been we just started the uh show off with here. He's got to establish uh, chemistry with all 53 men on that roster. Well, I think comparing F- Freddie Kitchens and Zach Taylor is is pretty easy to do. A couple guys that were in over their heads. That is one thing that I I think that overall Taylor did better than Kitchens was establishing a relationship with most of the players because they're. I mean, Mixon six and ten says different than two and thir- two and uh, two and fourteen. No, he did better in that regard. You're right, but he Mixon never quit. And I said on the last episode, it felt like. But he where kept the team where going. was he all year? You come in as a as a Sean McVay fucking guru. You know you. You you're coaching under Sean McVay. You shook his hand and you fucking forgot about Mixon except for the last like three or four games. Oh no, Mixon came on when when we got a left tackle back. Uh, he, I mean, he he, he crossed a thousand yards again. If, if you listen, if you listen to NFL talk and term terminology and shit, the left tackle doesn't matter because that's 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 where you're gonna that's where your protection come from. If you have the right tackle and you have the guards and you know the center, that's where you run. You usually run on the right side. So fucking Bobby Hart. Well, it, but that doesn't matter. The thing is, I mean, we can say, hey, the towards the end of the year, Joe Mixon looked like fucking Joe Mixon. In the beginning of the year, he couldn't find a hole. That's on McVay. That's on McVay. Taylor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's on Taylor. It, no, it, it is, but I think that there was a, a large improvement on, on the whole of that line when Cordy Glenn came back. Now, he's obviously not coming back next year, but, I mean, you know, he still, he still ended the season. He ran the ball 278 times, 1,137 yards. Uh, five touchdowns is, is fairly low for, for your lead running back. Um, a lot of that, I would like to know the stats towards, towards the back half of that. Not that you have to look that up there. but uh, Well, he, I mean, he started picking up around, like, mid-November. I mean, his first 100-yard game, he had 93 against the Cardinals um, in, like, week five. And then around the middle of November, he played Baltimore. 
Um, you know, 114 yards, uh, no touchdowns, and then he, you know he put up an 86-yard game, a 79-yard game. Uh, the win against the Jets was weird. Our first win, he only had 44 yards, and then just ate the shit out of the Browns for 146. The Patriots for 136. Um, Dolphins, that weird game, they threw the ball a lot more. He, I think he had like 50 yards. And then the, to close out the year against the Browns, 162 yards and two touchdowns. So a, the back half a is lot. When that came. Yeah, and and but that's like, Mixon. I mean, I, that's but that's my point because listen, I'll take Joe Mixon even with the running backs we have. I'll take Joe Mixon in a heartbeat. I'm just saying. That's well, probably your best player on offense. Fucking use him. Taylor was similar to kind of Freddie Kitchens in that regard, and, and actually worse looking at it because we've talked about how Freddie stopped running the ball. But, I mean, you know, week one, six rushing attempts. Week two, 11. Week three, 15. Week four, 15. Week five, 19. Week six, eight. Like, he, he wasn't getting the touches. And then, you know, they get to that Baltimore game on November 10th, 30 rushes. He gets 114 yards. No touchdowns, but he got over the 100-yard mark. And then it's back down to 15, 18, 19, 23, 25, 21, 26. So, I mean, he didn't even have a th- – he had one 30-carry game. And that that's, that is – that is on Taylor for your bell cow back. Now, I don't know how much of that goes into, you know, I'd have to go back and watch a lot of the games and how they progressed. Did they get down big early? Are they throwing the ball a lot? Do they have to abandon the run to try to stay in the game? Who knows? But my, my point on Mixon wasn't so much his numbers was it just didn't feel like he quit. It didn't like, you know, Tyler Boyd in, in that Miami game, he knows if he stays down with his injury, it's a timeout and it's a loss of five yards because they're out of timeouts. It's a delayed game. He hops back up and, and grits through it to get the playoff. No, that was a, that was, they, that was a great, and that went, that went um, overlooked. It, it went very overlooked. I got, yeah. I've always liked Tyler Boyd, but that was kind of like my hell yeah, like Tyler Boyd's in it for us moment. So, I think the players overall stayed in it more for Taylor than they did Freddie. Now, of course, you guys got four more wins than us, and in the NFL, that's all that really matters. But in that regard, Taylor did a better job of that, I think. I don't think anybody really quit. Now, the Cordy Glenn thing is weird, though. And let me – and I was, you know, I was going to ask you, I'm going to hit on that. Wouldn't you, just how well they played towards the back half of that schedule when Cordy Glenn came back – wouldn't you almost want to? And I know you're getting Jonah back, but listen, Jonah's coming in. He's going to be a rookie. I know he's not a rookie. Yeah, it's he's effectively going to be a rookie. his rookie year. Yeah. Um, Cordy Glenn just made such a difference getting a left tackle in there. Wouldn't you kind of want to rekindle that relationship almost and be like, hey, <laughs> show this kid the way? Because dude, Cordy Glenn played w- uh, great down the stretch. If they can rekindle that relationship, yeah. I mean, he had a concussion in the preseason, and it. it I don't know the exact week he came at, back, but it was after I think the halfway point of the season. Um, yeah, I think they were three-fourths of the way already in, but there's something more there. There's something more there. You there know, was he, something. I think he maybe wanted out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, you, you get those vet players, you know, that don't really care where they're at at, at, at a certain point in their career, and they're just like, let's, let's win. Let's win. And, and if they can rekindle that relationship, I would be for it, but in the original plan, which was kicking Cordy Glenn into guard, and having Williams at tackle. At that point, I think you've got an upgrade at guard because, I mean, they put Billy Price in there. He sucks. They, you know, they, they shuffle that in and out a lot. John Jerry, you know. I like a vet protecting my Joe Burrow. Absolutely, and, and I agree, but you're not going to kick Williams into I, – I think the only thing that I would I would do – Move him to right tackle. I, I And that's what I was going to say, but they got so much fucking money invested in Bobby Hart, and I just – 
I know the Bengals, man. They're, he's unless they, there's an out in that contract, we don't know about. He's suiting up and he's starting at right tackle next year. So if you want to keep Cordy Glenn, that's great. I think he can be a better guard than what we've had. He can still help mentor Jonah Williams. I mean, the, the, we've kind of gotten lost in it because he was kind of out of sight, out of mind. But man, they raved about him. NFL ready, all this stuff coming out of Bama. He was, you know, he could slide in and be your franchise left tackle day one. So I mean we're still kind of playing with house money with a rookie quarterback. Taylor's got at least another year. And I, and no, if, if he falls flat on his face, say they win, they're not going to get, they're not going to, they're going to win more than two games. I say they hope. say they win five or six. Is, is, is he going to, would you want him to stay? I don't want him to stay now. No, I not. And but, um, knowing the Bengals, knowing how they work, I, I know that there was an element element of a reset, and I don't think that they were going to grade him on much uh, on this season at all. We as fans will, we as football fans and, and guys that watch the game will, but the organization, I really don't think they were. I think they start grading him and looking at him now. But, I mean, look how long it took him to fire the last guy. Yeah, 16 I mean, years. I just My whole point behind that is you're bringing in an offensive guy and the offense looks like shit. The offense, I'll give him the offense started looking better towards the, uh, you know, the end of the season. It is a system change with a lot of younger parts and some older parts. So, I, I mean, I can see that there's going to be some speed bumps there. But it, a lot of what his, his standing as the head coach of the team comes down to also is his contract. Because we had Marvin Lewis sign a two-year deal when I was pissed off and I wasn't watching the Bengals anymore and all that shit before they sucked me back in because I'm a fucking sucker. And, we're, I'm, okay, he's here for two more years. Fuck. Well, come to find out at the end of that first year, well, it was a two-year deal with, you know, a last-year option, so they're out. If Taylor is inked for four years with no out, he will be there for four years. Mike Brown would eat his own child before he ate a dollar of a contract. No, we agree there. Um, last thing I want to hit on this, kind of get back back to uh, Van Pelt here. I think Van Pelt would have been great with Joe Burrow. I think he would have yeah, been absolutely that, great. If I knew Andy Dalton was the starter again next year, I'd be like, ah, well, Andy Whatever. is what he it's is. With Joe Burrow you coming know, in. And Joe Burrow is the new guy. And, you know, the the Bengals are, are going to do what they always do, and they make an in-house promotion. You know, Dan Pitcher is the new uh, quarterback's coach. be honest with you, don't know a ton about him. Um, you McVay's going to have to – Put him under his wing. I mean, you're the head coach man, there. That's just you got to stop, man. He's not McVay. Yeah, I mean, that's, he's Taylor. He, he's I, he's <laughs> not McVay. <laughs> but you know how that is, man. If they're around McVay when they sneeze, that's that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, the, and and we were talking today in a group chat, man. Eric Benemy, when's he gonna get a shot? He's more he qualified one. than Zach Taylor, and I, I wanted him he last year. Now, and I got you know excited about Zach Taylor. And I even think I remember you saying it well, was a good Well, any, anything, anything – uh, no, I didn't say that. Just because just because of how um, unseasoned he was. Um, right. You know, young guy. I, I've always thought that the Bengals need some uh, – they need what the Browns need. They need some older coach to come in that has some discipline. Well, what I was saying to you guys before we did the podcast as the NFL season wound down – what Zach Taylor needed to do and did not do this offseason. Vet coordinators. Yes. I said that. Get vet assistance on your staff. Somebody that's been there, done Agreed. that. You can lean on them. They can give you information. You can pick their brain, trust them with shit. And, you know, he brought back, you know, um, 
I can't, Brian Callahan. I don't know why I was shorting out on his name. And and Lou Anna, Brian Callahan as offensive coordinator and Lou Anarumo as defensive coordinator, who literally was like their 10th choice last year. Right. He was a DB coach for the Giants who sucked. <laughs> and he he's back, and it's just like I, I don't see where you would improve your staff, and that's big. You're not going to drop Joe Burrow in there and just things – And as big of a Joe Burrow fan as I've been, I've had to tell people he's that I need help. I have to tell people that I don't think this way because apparently the way I post things or whatever makes them think I do. I don't think Joe Burrow comes in and is the savior and we're right there contending for a playoff spot. I understand that there is more that needs done for that roster. But does the organization, because you're in the NFL age now where you have to spend a certain percentage of your cap space in a certain amount of years. The Bengals aren't allowed to be cheap anymore. But the problem is they spend that money on guys like Bobby fucking Hart. Yeah. Instead of the free agent pool where there's guys that can come in and make your team better now. Carson Palmer has been very vocal. I just read an interview where he's like, man, I was in Cincinnati. We had great teams. I had Ocho. I had TJ. I had, you know, I had uh, Reggie Kelly. I had uh, Chris Henry, rest in peace. And, you know, we had it, but I still didn't feel like the organization was fully in on winning a Super Bowl. You can't just draft well because they they have had spurts where they draft well. But you can't just draft well and expect yourself to get to a Super Bowl. You've got to go spend money on free agents. You've got to do all of the things that the Bengals notoriously don't do. So Burrow's not going to be the savior. Veteran assistance was something that I felt like he had to get and he didn't. So I'm I'm expecting at the very best next year, 8-8, eight and eight, to be honest with you. Yeah. You've got to be happy best. with 8-8 eight eight with a uh, rookie quarterback coming in. Eh. That, be, that being said, um, there it is. Bengals-Browns to open up the show. Um, what, do, what do you guys think? Um, Browns fans, do you like Van Pelt? Do you like Andrew Barry? Bengals fans, do you like uh, Zach Taylor or Sean, a.k.a. Sean McVay? And <laughs> I guess get on your phone right now and Google who the fuck is Dan Pitcher. <laughs> but moving on from that, um, we'll have plenty more time to talk about that as the offseason progresses. Um, let's get into one I, I had a lot of fun with last week, and we got some people on our Facebook commenting on uh, kind of their take on it. But uh, let's let's move on to the NFC North. Let's talk about which player from each team in the NFC North would you take and put on the Browns or would I take and put on the Bengals starting, you know, right now for for whatever reasoning you want, who and why. So um, let's start with the easy one first, the Chicago Bears. You Do you want me to answer that? I, I think anybody that's listening to this that knows football can probably know oh, who and why. To, yeah, uh, so uh, Mitchell Trubisky, you know. He, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on now, Khalil Mack. Easy. Give me Khalil Mack on the other side of Miles Garrett, man. You want to talk about a freak? Um, for the longest, I thought the best defensive player in the game. Don't get me wrong, top three best defensive player. Unfortunately, there's a guy named Aaron Donald who fucking can blow up a, a whole defensive line by himself. Or take four of your offensive linemen away. That's right. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> Khalil Mack, man, he does it all. I mean, he has games where he just takes over. You know, he's uh, right there with that, you know, the Von Miller, back when Von was in his prime. Um you know, right there, in my opinion, with Miles Garrett, having those two on each side would just be – imagine trying to block that. Um, that would be insane. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's easy for me. I don't even think I need to get in that too deep. Um, <laughs> no, any, but, anybody that knows football knows. <laughs> yeah, for the Bears, I'm taking Khalil Mack. I'm going with Mack, too. I, I don't care what situation your team's in. I don't care how good they are, how bad they are. He's going to make you better. 
I mean, you know, the Bears are held back by Trubisky, but look what he did as soon as he got there. And then John Gruden spent a whole season after trading him saying it's really hard to find somebody that can rush the passer effectively. It's really hard to find somebody that can get to the quarterback. It's really hard to get that dominant pass rush. All the shit John Gruden said after trading away Khalil Mack was just kind of stupid. But um, easy one there, Khalil Mack, come to Cincinnati. You can play with Dunlap or Carl Lawson or Sam Hubbard. We'll find a way to get you on the fucking field, I promise. Um, very, very easy. I don't – yeah, we, we've probably already spent too much time on that. That's just easy to know. Um, Want to move on to uh, – let's, let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. This one could be intriguing, could be easy. Um, we, we actually have – we talked out the AFC North kind of before we recorded, but this one we haven't, so – um, where are you going with the Packers? Um, I mean, I like the Packers roster, honestly. I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, obviously, we could sit here and say Aaron Rodgers, but to me, Aaron Rodgers has taken a step back a little bit here in the last few years. Um, he's getting up there. Yeah, he's getting up there. Zadarius Smith, um, uh, outside linebacker, great Monster. year, gets after the fucking quarterback. Uh, I love J.R. Alexander. Um, I think he's in his second year at corner, uh, cornerback with Kevin King. Um, Amos, those and Savage, that whole that secondary is 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 fucking loaded, man. Um, but the my favorite Packer and the guy that I would like um to have on my team is Devontae Adams. Um, just outstanding receiver, probably a, a top five receiver in the NFL. Um, and I'm just loading up here, man. You know what I'm saying? I I got AJ from you last last episode i still got juice i still got obj now i'm adding fucking Devonte adams you only got one ball yeah, i realize that but um somebody's gonna be pissed at baker somebody's pissed but no man i mean Devonte adams just just a fucking beast man he just the, the one the one knock on him is is he seems to start he's starting to get injured a lot yeah he only he's, played 12 games this yeah, year. yeah you know he's missing some guy i think he missed some games the year before um but when he's on the field, he makes his presence known. And that's what the Packers got to hit, man. Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur was a great uh, hire, a great, great hire for Aaron Rodgers and them boys. Um, obviously, they need to get a little bit more protection there in Green Bay. Um, but another thing, too, man, uh, Rodgers was the best when he had multiple receivers. You know, when he, oh, yeah. he had Adams and uh, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. Um, you know he's kind of limited. He's kind of limited right now. You know, to me, he's only got Aaron Jones, and he's in the backfield. You know, he don't, he, he throws it to him, but there's not a whole lot there. Um, or he's got Devonte Adams, and Devonte Adams had a few massive games this year. Um, but they need some help over there. Yeah, um, I I I could see that uh, Devonte Adams would be somebody I'd probably pair with. You know, Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd, um, possibly AJ Green, and even if uh, if. AJ were to uh, you know leave the Bengals this offseason, he would be a great replacement. But I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball, um, and somebody I believe you mentioned in that list. And um, for the Bengals, I really like Zadarius Smith. Um, kind of touching on what I said last episode when I talked about who I'd take from the Steelers, the Bengals need linebackers. So I got Devin Bush from the Steelers. I'm going to get Zadarius Smith here, uh, pair those two guys together. Uh, looking at his numbers this year, you know, 41 solo tackles, um, not mind-blowing. 13 and a half sacks, um, that would have been nice to have. Uh, forced one fumble, so nothing crazy on the turnover side, but he just seems to be all over the field to me. He finds the ball. He's fairly athletic and can cover, you know, some tight ends, not 
your more athletic tight ends. Um, but coverage has, has been an issue for the Bengals. So I, I, I put Zadarius Smith down there uh, next to Devin Bush, two guys that can cover. Uh, I think they can both kind of play all three linebacker positions fairly effectively. Uh, you know, you want your middle linebacker, your quarterback, or your defense. Um, I'd probably go with Smith on that just because of the experience that he has over Bush and then put Bush on the outside. And, you know, these are two guys that, you know, some guys you can't really rotate like that and switch in and out. But I think they're both athletic enough. They can both rush the passer enough. To, to where you can swap them in and out. But I'm going to put Zadarius Smith in the middle, kind of hold things down, be that center fielder in the middle level of the field, uh, let Devin Bush kind of run wild a little bit more, pick up uh, you know some more experience and gain some more uh, knowledge on those instincts. But Zadarius Smith and Devin Bush side-by-side sounds pretty good to me. And, you know, I kind of question that uh, that free agency pickup when they got Zadarius Smith from Baltimore. Yeah. Um, just – it just seems like a lot of those um, linebackers hardly ever work out. You know, they all they all almost seem like they're part of the system. But that that isn't what happened here with uh, Smith. Man, he he plugged right in and um, got himself. I mean, I know the Pro Bowl is not Pro Bowl is not shit. Um, but you know, got a Pro Bowl under his uh, under his wing there, and he just stepped in and and was a big part of that Packers defense. Um, obviously, they can't. Stop the run for shit. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but as far as getting after the quarterback, um, yeah, Zadarius Smith is a, an outside linebacker, a pass rusher that I, I definitely wouldn't mind having on my team. And, and you know, fourth-round pick in 2015, so kind of earned his way up. He didn't have super – you know, you don't have that many expectations for a fourth-round linebacker. Um, kind of maybe found his fit with Petten's system or, or maybe just, you know, in that fifth year kind of – found his game a little bit, but from what I saw from them, uh, Rodgers would be easy, but I'm assuming we get Joe Burrow. Devontae Adams would be easy, but I'm assuming we keep A.J. Green because whether he's franchised or gets a deal, I think he's a Bengal next year. Um, so, yeah, uh, Zadarius Smith would probably uh, be my guy. So I'm taking Adams there. You're taking Zadarius Smith. Let's uh, let's go to the team that only won three, uh, three games this year. Going to have another top five uh, pick here. Let's go to the uh, Detroit Lions. I'll start off here. <laughs> Do real I quick. have to? Um, you know, I like the receivers. I like Galladay. I like Marvin Jones. Um, Already had him. <laughs> you know he. You know, obviously they got Trey Flowers. I, I'm not. I don't know. I, you know, I didn't really watch the Lions much, man, to really tell you how how great Trey Flowers was. I know they paid him a whole lot of fucking money uh, to come <laughs> from New England. Um, you know, but you know they do have some some good linemen there. Uh, Frank Frank Ragno. Um, <laughs> we should have had him. We panicked and took right. fucking Billy Price. <laughs> but Trash. I like him as you know the center there. I like Taylor Decker. But uh, the guy that I'm going with to me the only choice that I, to go with here um, from the Lions is uh, Darius Slay. Yeah, uh, you know he's just a uh, has has been a lockdown corner. Um, you know can can guard those number one cornerbacks. Um, and if you put him on a number two, you know, it's pretty much a lockdown. I do think that, if I'm not mistaken, Darius had a, a bit of a down year. Um, not not necessarily a down year. He had, to his standards, I think it was down a little bit. Um, but to me, he is uh, by far the best player on that team. Um, I don't want nothing to do. I don't say I want nothing to do with him, but I'm not, I'm not a big Stafford guy. Um, yeah. And, and if, I, if I'm going with one guy – I'm uh I'm going with Darius Slay. It's it's hard to go against Slay. I mean, you know he's he's seasoned. He's been around the league. Um, I, I I it's not very entertaining to agree, I guess, but I think I have to. Um, 
I move on from Drake or Patrick. I save that money. I think it's like $17 million bucks the Bengals can save by getting rid of him, which I expect them to do. Um, I give that money and maybe a little bit more to um, to Darius Slay, and I put him on, uh, on the other side of uh, William Jackson III. Um, Darquise Denard would still be our slot corner. I don't know if he'll be back or not, but he was pretty effective as a slot corner. Uh, not very good on the boundary on the outside. Um, but Darius Slay, William Jackson, the third, holding down my secondary. Um, and I picked up Earl Thomas to put back there with Jesse Bates on the last episode. So if we're going to bring them all in together, um, I'm putting together a pretty formidable defense over there. Um, so pretty hard to, you know, find a roster with three wins and know that there's a few guys to choose from, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you kind of watch those guys as the year, as, as the year goes on, just because you're like, Hey, who's going to get that first pick, man. But the, the lions, I, I'm not a, I'm not a Matt Patricia guy. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, li- He's I don't a like fake ass Belichick. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't, I don't know. I don't like you're that. You're going to make your team practice in the like heavy snow and freezing cold when they got like four indoor games coming up. Like they have like, they have like three or four games in an indoor stadium, including their own coming up. And Matt Patricia thought he was like, going to be a tough guy and make them practice in the snow and shit. Like what? Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. You know, there's, there's some coaches that work off the Brady tree, you know, oh, I'm sorry, off the uh, Belichick tree. And there's some that just doesn't. A lot don't. Um, you almost you almost think Matt Patricia eventually is going to end back up as the DC of New England. Probably you so, know, but I don't just, know. Bill's grooming his son up, man. His son's got a badass mullet too. <laughs> um, so let's go to the uh, last team here in the uh, NFC North. So far, um, I'm taking Devontae Adams from the Packers. We're both taking Khalil Mack, and then I'm uh, going with uh, Darius Slay there. Yeah, I am too. I'm, yeah. And who who'd you take from who you who's your three there? My three, so um, Zadarius Khalil Smith, Math, Khalil Mack, excuse me, easy Zadarius Smith, and then and I agree with you on the Darius Slay take, just because I'm thinking about that roster. There's just not a not a lot of talent there. Okay, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna go here with the uh, the Vikings, man. They're another team, and this is you know. Uh, um, I, I like we, we love Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer is a, a great coach. Should have been the head coach of the Bengals in 2013. <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I'm a I'm a Stefanski guy. Obviously, I have to be now. I, 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 <laughs> you I was, don't have a choice. I was kind of going in. You know, I, obviously, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I wanted Freddie last year. It just made too much sense. Right. Um, but Stefanski is just. You know they're they're not looking at him like hey he's the next McVeigh they're just saying hey this guy this guy has a chance to be pretty good you know um, he has a lot of respect around uh, around the uh, the uh, NFL um, but I could go a lot of ways here man obviously I would love I think the Browns need need a uh, a linebacker um, Anthony Excuse Barr me. Anthony Barr's Barr good. would be great to have um, uh, Eric Kendricks constantly leads that team in tackles he had over like 120 tackles again this year. Um, obviously I could go Adam Thielen or Stefan Diggs, but goddamn, I already got four badass receivers here. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? Run five wide so all I'm, the time? <laughs> so what I'm gonna I'm what I'm gonna let do, I'm gonna let Kareem go ahead and you know, I don't know what he's doing. Go to jail. Uh, yeah, go to jail, smoke his pot, <laughs> you know, whatever he needs to do. And I'm gonna pair up Dalvin Cook with uh Ooh. Nick Chubb in the in the backfield there in Cleveland. Uh man, Dalvin Cook, what a what a year, man. Um I remember the beginning of the year, um, fantasy football. You know, everybody gets together. I'm in like four different leagues, and I didn't want anything to do with Dalvin Cook. The injuries. And man, did that bite me. That dude stepped up, uh, had a great year, fucking fast, finds the holes, great vision. Uh, just it, it can catch the football. He just he does everything, man. And, uh, 
the offense looked good, and and for a lot of for a big part of the season, man, they uh gave Dalvin Cook the rock and um just watched him go. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going Dalvin Cook. Re- reunite him with his boys to fancy that had him you know get that year. Um, I I I love Adam Thielen. I love Stephon Diggs. Uh, I like Kyle Rudolph. Um, a lot of those guys I like. Looking at the, you know, the, it, I'm trying to keep the theme of I know who I've picked from these other teams as well, building my team, and I'm going off that. Um, Harrison Smith is one that I'd love. Anthony Barr is one that I love. There's a lot of good stuff there, but I'm going to go with Adam Thielen coming in, being Burrow's go-to guy out of the, you know, out of the slot. Because, and, and that's weird because Boyd. Probably catch over 100 balls. Yeah, and Boyd can play the slot. He can play the outside. You know, ideally I think Boyd is a slot, but Thielen can go play the outside too. So I think that he'd be a good safety blanket for Burrow. Um, doesn't talk a lot. Does things the right way. Came out of nowhere. Worked his ass off. Earned every dollar of that contract that he got. I love Adam um, Thielen, man. Just he just like you said, does it all. You know, and I and I can see AJ being a security blanket for Burrow too. If he's there, he's up in the air. I think Thielen would be a perfect guy to slot in and 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 work with Burrow. He just seems to, you know, he seems like no matter who's playing quarterback, he's got a good enough relationship with him where they have a certain amount of chemistry. Um, you know, I've loaded up my defense here uh, on, on these picks, but right now I'm going to go offense. I'm going to put Adam Thielen out there uh, with, with John Ross, with, um, you know, Tyler Boyd, maybe maybe even A.J. Green, you know, because you can only count on Ross for about three games. He'll, <laughs> he'll play three games. He'll play four games. He'll like a Pro Bowl at the beginning of the Pro Bowl at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he'll play four games, have like six touchdown catches, and then, you know, trip over his fucking shoestrings and rip his hamstring off the bone. So <laughs> um so, you know, Thielen he had a little bit of an injury concern this year, but other than that, I'm willing to bet that he bounces back and stays on the field for all of, you know, twenty twenty season. So uh, I gotta go Thielen. And uh there you got there you guys have it. Um we kinda hit on this um, on the last episode, we're going to keep this thing going. Um, we're going to head back over to the AFC uh, um, on the next episode, see where we'd go. We'll do um, a, a different division every week. Uh, I'm sorry, every episode. Just want your, your guys' feedback on that. Who would you take from the NFC North? I know um, some people's already stepped in and, and gave their opinions on that, but we want to know. Um, even if your team's not in the NFC North, who do you want from the NFC North? And if you don't say Khalil Mack, come on in, man. I'd love to just punch you right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, all, I, I like all I like everybody's opinions. So everyone has one. Um, Drew, this one I want to. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off here, but I just got a text message saying to look at Tom Brady's Instagram. I mean, this is I'm learning this as we're on the air. Um, no caption on this picture. There have been rumors today of him enrolling his kids in a school in Nashville. There have also been rumors of him um, buying property in Vegas amid the Raiders rumors. Um, This picture is a black and white picture. It looks like Brady walking in or it's hard to see. He's either almost looks like he's looking into the uh, stadium, like like, Gillette Stadium, like he's standing in the bowels there in Foxborough. The ground's wet. It's a black and white picture far away of him. It looks – I can't tell if he's walking in toward the, the the tunnel like he's walking off the field for his last time or if he's walking out to get a look at it. But this almost gives me the feeling – He might. He's gone. That he – this is like a a, a – a goodbye. A goodbye or soaking it in one last time. And this – 
this is just you know from from one of our buddies that texted and said that to to look at it um I, man that that gives me an initial feeling this is just my initial reaction that Brady, he might think he's going somewhere Brady next year. Brady don't play like that, you know, but Brady's not the type to post shit like that, man. Or is he retiring? Oh, that's a good question too. Willie McGinnis has commented on it. It says match lit now blow out. He's got a pretty good relationship with Or is he talking about or hey, you hear your time, time, time in New England Foxborough, you know, New England, are you leaving? Are you ready to light another match? I don't think wow. Brady's done. I don't. No, I, dude. I, he. I, that's. What, I don't think it's retirement. He has been so set for years on playing until he's forty-five. And why the fuck wouldn't he? Tom, if you could, man, just give us a call and check our Facebook that, out. That, but but uh, you know, give us a call. Let us know first. <laughs> but um, if you would, hey, you know, the NFC really needs you, man. Yeah, man. The, the NFC needs you. Um, I, I just think you'd do great over there. That that and that wasn't you know that wasn't planned for us. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but no, that's breaking that's, news. The that, first breaking I, news we, drop we've here got breaking in the news. locker room. And as you guys hear this, you can go over to his, his Instagram and see what we're talking about, and let us know your thoughts on that. I might throw this picture up here later on our Facebook page. Get some uh, ideas. I just got another Bleacher Report. Uh, you know, fans are trying to decipher the image Tom Brady posted on Twitter. He must have put this on Twitter as well. So. Um, that's something that we can weigh Where in on. Where is he going, guys? Let oh, us know. Hey, Drew. Drew thinks Tennessee. I didn't even hear the. I didn't hear Oakland. I, I, I don't like that. I heard that. Well, they're going to Vegas, and I heard that he bought property out in Vegas. But you could buy anybody can. Buy, he is buy not property out there. Well, yeah, anybody can buy property, and he is not going to go get in a dick measuring contest with John Gruden. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. John Gruden's not going to. I don't like the fit. John Gruden's too. He at least tries to be too tough and too old school and. And and I don't think Brady's gonna gonna Tennessee fuck with that. man. When you brought that up, it's, it's, there. it's it stuck with me. I think, man, 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 man. Hey guys, like you said, give us your feedback on that. We want to know what does Tom Brady mean on this uh, Instagram slash Twitter post? Is he is he just is it nothing? Is he retiring? Is he going to a different team? Let us know what is Tom Brady up to. And Drew, uh, kind of want to get away from the the NFL there before we head back into that with the Super Bowl. Um, head to the NBA players, and there's some some you know some uh, owners around the league. Uh, Mark Cuban being one, looks like they're going to retire um, eight and twenty four. Like it's almost like it's a player's decision. Like NBA, even if you don't do it, the players we've agreed we're not going to wear eight, we're not going to wear twenty four. And then the the NBA logo. A lot of these players, there's a there's a petition out with millions of people that signed it. I think like three million wa- wanting Kobe Bryant as the new NBA logo. What what do you think? Um, I think the players voluntarily retiring those numbers is very cool. Great gesture. It's a it's an awesome gesture. It's an awesome way to uh, pay respect. I'm wondering though, are they doing it to try to send a message to the league to get the league to do it? Um, you know, you, you know. Before we jump into that, this is just what I love about the NBA, man. It just there's a brotherhood. T- there's a brotherhood in the NBA like there is nowhere else. I mean, like, you know, you can tell, man. There's these guys. These guys are in pain, and and they loved Kobe Bryant. They loved yeah. everything he was about. What they loved everything he was about. They loved what he brought to the game. The, you know, they loved what he meant to the game, and, and you know. This is just a great gesture, man. I'm with them. Retire eight, yeah, retire twenty four. And and you know Quinn Cook wore number two, and he said, "Well, that's Gianna's number." 
He's like, so I'm going to change. I'm going to wear 28. I'm going to honor her with two and Kobe with eight. I'm going to wear 28. And and there's been talk and, and a petition to go around uh, for the Lakers to kind of do an honorary jersey retirement of number two and put Gianna up in the rafters. There's no doubt eight and 24 is retired in, as a Laker. Yeah, I mean, they already are. I mean, um, oh, that's right. They are. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, he's the I think he's the first to have two jersey numbers retired. Um but yeah, they're they're talking, and I don't know, you know, how far that'll go. But them hanging up the number two for for Gigi, um, which I think is is really cool. But you know, these players, the, the, there's brotherhood in the NFL, there's brotherhood in the NBA. But it just, man, these guys, people, I mean, dudes are just they took it hard. We hit on on the last episode. There's guys just crying and and and, and hardly able to talk about it. Kyrie couldn't play. Um, I think it's really awesome. And when it comes to the logo. I love um, the idea. I don't know if you saw Jerry West's interview um, about Kobe after it happened. Um, oh, he was he was tore up. I mean, you know how he he talked Kobe out of you know leaving the Lakers to play for the Clippers um, when they had their little spat. Um, he talked about a lot of things that make me think that he would not care one bit to give that honor to Kobe. And Jerry West has been on record saying he didn't want to be the logo. He just ended up being the logo. Um, I think that, um, that he would be fine with it. Um, and that's, I mean, that's one of the legends, man. Now you can't change the logo every time somebody passes, you know, this is rare. This is a very rare occasion at at 41 years old. And he, he still has such a firm, you know, he had his hands all over the NBA still. Yeah. Um, you know, Duke, our team did a great tribute with eight and 24 warm up shirts. Um, there's been so many good things. We could talk for hours about all the great honors and and, and and gestures that we've seen around the league. But sticking to the jersey number, I think that that's one of the coolest things you could do. I know Spencer Dinwiddie went from uh, 8 to 26. Yeah, um, or 20 or whatever. Um, was, yeah. I, yeah, something like that. Um, and, you know, to 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 do that, 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 a lot of these guys will say, well, I wore 8 for Kobe. I don't think 8 should be worn anymore. I'm switching. Jaleel Okafor went from 8 to 9. Um, you know, and, and quick Quinn Cook's way, you know, do 28 for both of them, I think is pretty cool as well. Um, so I'm all for it. Um, you know, do, do it, do it, do it. Mark Cuban. That's amazing. I expect more teams to follow suit and it wouldn't shock me a bit if the league followed suit. And, you know, people think 23 should be retired. I think it eventually will be throughout the entire league. Um, you know, lucky for all of us, Michael Jordan's still here. Uh, unfortunately for us, Kobe's not. So I think that you know, the, the, I think that the league is going to end up doing it, and I think that it's a a very cool gesture and a way to remember one of the best to ever play the game and and honor him and the fact that his life was terribly cut so short. I'm with you. I just this this feels like the right thing to do. No one's going to be pissed about it. You know, like like we said, the players are already doing it. So will anybody even come in wearing eight or twenty four? I doubt it. Um, so somebody said they weren't changing. I can't remember who it was, but I saw a tweet. Um, I don't think it was a big name player, but somebody, I, I don't know their reasoning, but I just remember seeing that they, they said that they will not I mean, you be got, you better have name. a pretty damn good reason not to follow suit with, right. with the, you know, all the rest of the players. And, and RJ Barrett said that he no longer wants to be called the maple Mamba because of Kobe to honor Kobe. I'm be honest with you. I followed RJ at Duke all year last year. That. I don't think anybody fucking knew that he Mamba. went by the Maple Mamba. So I think he's safe on that. Um, <laughs> but man, 
Shout out to every NFL or NBA player, excuse me, that that has changed that jersey number. Um, you know, lots of cool messages written on their shoes, all the things. It's been amazing to see, and definitely, it, it's, it's it's brought the world together. Sports it fan has, or not, man. Hey, this is why we love sports, man. And, Absolutely. Uh, like you said, man. Shout outs to all the players, all the teams, all the coaches and the owners and the NBA. Um, just you know, coming together. Yes, sir. So uh, let's transition into the Super Bowl here. Um, big game Sunday. This is obviously uh, something that we could talk about for hours. I'm going to get into uh, the line, the betting, and all the things you need to know with uh, my good buddy Tim Combs, betting expert. Tim, what's up, man? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, what's up, Tim? So wh- what's what's the line on this thing, man? Uh, the line I got, it started out at minus two for Kansas City, so a two-point favorites for Kansas City, Easy but it's money. dropping. Yeah, well, that's what I think, too. Uh, the line's dropped, though. It's minus one now. And most of that's partly due to Matthew Smack. I don't if you guys know who that is. Uh, the, dude owns a, the dude owns a mattress store down in, uh, I think it's somewhere in Texas. He's super loaded. But he uh, he threw a million dollars on the Niners. Oh, so, so a million? Yeah, a million. Well, he also threw, he also threw like, seven million on the Ashes to win the World Series. And look how it turned out. So Fucking cheater. <laughs> that's so right. this is so this is uh, pretty yeah, so much a pick 'em, right? It's pretty much a pick 'em, yeah. I, it's minus one right now. Uh I think I, I personally think Kansas City is gonna win by ten. I, I, I capped a game myself at forty two to thirty two. I think it's gonna be super high scoring, even though uh I know San Francisco's got a crazy D. But uh I think it's gonna be a super high scoring game. Uh, the one of the lines that I think is the craziest line is uh, Kansas City's team total is only 27 points. I think they're, like I said, I think they're going to score 42. Ooh. I don't think 27 is going to be that hard to, to cover. That but, defense, though, man? I, man, I look, Niners got a good defense, but I've also seen them give up. They gave up 29 to the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons were down this year. Pat Mahomes, the last, uh, what have I got down here? I think, uh, let's see, the last four games for the Chiefs, they're averaging 37.4 points, their last four. And uh, I know they had, I think, personally, I think uh, Kansas City kind of had an easy playoff road, if you ask me. But uh, I just think, I think Pat Mahomes, I think this is his game. The Chiefs are hot right now, man. The the Chiefs are hot. That's what I'm riding the Pat Mahomes arm. So, uh, I'm I'm guessing – uh, Pat Mahomes, your Super Bowl MVP. Yes, that's that's going to be correct. He's going to whip his dick I'm, out and just throw it all <laughs> over the place. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Pat Mahomes is is uh, he's going to be having ketchup on his fucking steak Sunday <laughs> night after hey, the game's over. Give us a quick stat line. What's Pat Mahomes' stat stats going to look like? Ooh, well, so that's another bet. You so the cool thing about the Super Bowl is they have prop bets for every stat you can think of. Who's going to have the most passing yards, rushing yards? They even have a stat I got it wrote down here is what color Gatorade is going to be poured on the winning coach? No way. <laughs> so you can get some odds on that right now. Right now, red is favorite. What are you going with? A, I'm going with red because uh, I like so it. So the last couple of years that the Patriots won, it was blue. So I think teams try to go with like whatever color they are. So I'm the Chiefs are red, the Niners are red. I'm going whoever wins. I think it's gonna be red. So if you want to bet on that, I would I would try to lock in red. I, I like that bet. How I like long, that a lot. How long's the fucking uh, the national anthem gonna run? I know that's a good bet. Oh, that that's a good bet too. I think it's over, I think the odds on it it's over under like a minute and forty five seconds. Uh, 
I, who's singing it? Do you guys know? I don't know that. I'm I don't not know who's sure. singing. Some, man, some of these chicks sing for a while. I would take the over. Dude, it's going to be fucking Lizzo, and she's never going to shut up. <laughs> oh, well, then, yeah, take the over for sure if it's fucking Lizzo. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be red Gatorade if the Chiefs win. I think they're going to dump a tub of KC Masterpiece barbecue sauce on Andy <laughs> Reid. Oh, shit. Hey, hey, Tim, I got a question for you. Yeah, go if for it. If this is a blowout, who, is there a chance at a blowout? If this, if this is a blowout, who wins in a blowout? In a straight blowout? Who? I think, honestly, if it's a blowout, the Niners. Yeah, the see, only that, that's where I'm at, too. Is, if I say that, I only say that because if it's a blowout, then that means the Chiefs just fucking. So the Chiefs' last couple of games, as I know you guys have watched, they haven't done anything the first about two or three possessions they have, and then they score about 50 points in a row. <laughs> yeah. So if that happens, though, against the Niners, I think they could be in trouble. If, they, if their first three or four possessions in the first quarter, they don't score any points, I mean, the, the Niners have a good D. I'm, I'm banking on Kansas City starting out hot and just going from the beginning. Yeah, but if like, if. I, if if the Niners, you know, shut them down and they do start slow and they can run the ball and control the clock and get up to, a, you know, a, a two, maybe 17.3 score lead there in the first half and, and, and just keep dominating the game with that running game and chewing up the clock, man, I think you're right. I think if it's a blowout, it's the Niners. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I think, like I said, I think I think it, I think think Kansas City might, might cap the game at 42 to 34. Um that's what I capped the game at, but I, I like I said, I think it's going to be high scoring. But if if the Chiefs' first three possessions they don't score, I think they're going to be in trouble. They got to score first, and if if not, then uh, I'll be kind of worried myself. They I've they some cannot money on the game as well. The, the Chiefs cannot do what they did against Houston. They can't get down twenty four no. to nothing. No, you're right. No, yeah, Shane will just run the up. rock down your throat and just not. He'll just keep Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill and everybody on the sideline. Yeah, yeah, dude. If it, if if they're down twenty four like they were at Houston, you can chalk that game up. They ain't coming back from that. Not against the Niners. D's too good, and they they uh, run the ball too well. Um, dude, that's another that's another thing you can bet on. You can bet on rushing yards, and uh, who's gonna have the most? And well, that's uh, the Niners either way, right? That's where I'd put my money. Yeah, what's his name? Moster or Moser? Yeah, Moster, Moster. However you yeah, pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, Moster. Yeah, yeah. Lock him down. His over under is only seventy seven yards. Oh, he's I over. That. He's, yeah, yeah, over for sure, one hundred percent. I think that they're. I think that they're looking at that Titans game and the and what the Chiefs did to Derrick Henry. But I think that this is a completely different animal. Yeah, the, and, yeah. and can the Chiefs keep that up? Man, I I uh, I think Henry only had like what eighty five yards. I think. I think sixty nine. Yeah, I think sixty nine. Sixty nine. Nice. Oh, my favorite number, yeah, uh, sixty nine. Yeah, so sixty nine yards. Uh, I, I mean, if they hold, if they hold Mostert to sixty nine yards, then we might be looking at a blowout the other way. Oh yeah. yeah, if if they if they can stop the 49ers rush, the the Chiefs are going to win by a ton. And it's looking like Tevin Coleman's going to play too, so he's another wrinkle to it that that can get yeah. hot. I think, uh, I like I said, I think this is going to be a crazy high-scoring game. It, the over/under for the whole, like both teams combined, the whole game is only 54 points. Um, so they have it capped at 27 to 26, is what Vegas has it capped at. Um, I think they're both going to score over that. Yeah, and I, I just think if the Chiefs shut down the run, though, I, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to score a ton of points. Man, he looks like he should be a backup singer for fucking In Sync or something. <laughs> He does look like that. Uh, I actually saw a stat today that Garoppolo only threw 
two or more touchdowns in like four of his 18 games this year. I don't know if that's that's true, but I thought that was pretty crazy. I didn't realize wow. he hadn't thrown. Yeah, he hadn't thrown that many multi-touchdown games. Uh, but they also, when they score 50 points, they have like six rushing touchdowns. So you right. take, I mean, take the go with the bat, I guess. But the one uh, thing that the one thing that I'm hoping we get, and I think that we're going to get, is a fucking great game. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the 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 refs should help with that, keeping it close. Uh, at one way or another, I think if the game starts getting out of control, I think you know obviously you're good for a couple pass interference calls or something to get the other team jump back up. But uh, I hope it's a close game. Uh, I hope it's not like a fucking what the Niners played the Redskins earlier this season. The score was nine to zero. Yeah, it's not. That Rams Patriots Super Bowl. Please don't do that. Um, with yeah. with as much as as you bet, and as, and as much as I know that you watch from your personal betting experience, um, I mean, what do you, uh, what's the line or, or you know what's the number on total points that they're having scored? Have you looked into that? Uh, for each team, yeah, just combined total points for the game. Yeah, yeah, they have total points for the game at fifty four. Okay, and you think forty two of those so. go to the Chiefs? What's that? And you think forty two of those go to the Chiefs? I, th- I think this game's going to be in the 60s or 70s. Yeah. I think I think it'll be uh, – I think they'll pass the 54 mark sometime in the third quarter. Okay. I, I could would... be wrong. I've, I've been wrong before. Vegas has got me plenty of times. But um, just looking at the last few games, I mean, even the, even the Niners, their last three or four games, uh, they're averaging, I think, just over 30 points their last four games. The Chiefs are averaging 37 almost their last four games. So – I mean, it leads me to believe that it's gonna offense is just gonna run rampant. So, so Tim, your final prediction is Chiefs forty-two, um, 49ers thirty-two, correct? Uh, forty-two to thirty. Yeah, forty-two thirty-two. Yeah, I think I misspoke earlier. You know yeah, this is going 32. on the internet, right? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Forty-two thirty-two. Yeah, we know in. a lot of the same people, bro. Lock it, lock it in. I uh, like I said, I've been wrong before. I hope it's a high-scoring game. I uh I originally when I first before I saw the lines come out, I had it uh thirty four twenty seven, but then I was like ah, I threw an extra touchdown in there for each team, so that's why I'm, I re uh, recalculated me to uh forty two to thirty two is kind of where I think we're gonna be at. Dude, I hope you're right. I want to shoot out. Yeah, I'm gonna take note <laughs> of this, man. I'm gonna holla at you. Uh, appreciate you calling us in, giving us uh you know a lot of your really good knowledge. We've been talking sports betting for over a year, and I know that you're always the guy to go to. And I do want to point out that Tim Combs earned the first top fan badge on the locker room talk uncut facebook page so uh first that's first right. top fan <laughs> that's right hey guys before i go i just want to say uh thanks for having me and uh rest in peace to uh kobe and yes, uh sir. gianna that was just crazy man yes sir yes sir but, we we appreciate you tim uh we'll post this thing up man have your friends check it out get your take and then uh make sure to join our giveaway we're going to give some details on that too you got all this knowledge you might win it and we're going absolutely. to absolutely i'm looking we're looking giving it out to for, roosters i guess yes there we go roosters, fucking trash go. <laughs> <laughs> hey right. thanks right, tim appreciate it appreciate man. it brother See you, Chad. All right, man. So uh, good, good stuff from Tim, man. Yeah, He's real knowledgeable stuff, on that. Um, so, so with like what we learned one. there, um, with what we learned there, some some stuff that honestly I didn't even know. Um, you could bet on every fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, the Gatorade color. How many times is Andy Reid going to eat during the game? <laughs> Dude, the I would love nothing more than to be on the biggest stage in sports and just see Andy Reid on the sidelines, fucking huffing down a hot dog, like right <laughs> in the middle of the third. Um, so let's get into our predictions, man. We've been kind of teasing about them uh, since uh, the wrap up of conference championship weekend. Uh, Super Bowl, man. Chiefs, Niners. Who are you going with, brother? 
you know, the majority of the people that I have talked to, the majority of the people that's commented on uh, Locker Room Talk Uncut's posts are going with the Chiefs. I am here to tell you that I am not going with the Chiefs. I love this game, first of all. This 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 uh, offense against this defense. And, it's going to be good. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I, and I, I can't wait to see what happens. Um. If this is a shootout, I think that I, I'm I'm with you guys. I think I'm leaning more towards Kansas City, but I don't think it's going to be that man. I think I don't think that Kansas City has seen an animal like this. Now I do agree with Tim that um, Kansas City has had an easier path. You know they didn't have to play, you know the Patriots and they didn't have to play Baltimore. They were lucky, and Tennessee took them out. Yeah. Um. The one thing that does scare me that I that I will admit here is the 49ers has lost was it 3 games this year? Yeah. They've lost 3. Um I, yeah, one being so. the Falcons who I don't know. I just I don't I don't know how that happened. Um but the other two um Baltimore Lamar Jackson can run yeah. and I don't care if it's in division um Seattle um, and they have Russell Wilson, who can take off when needs when he needs to. And guess what, Pat Mahomes can do. He he's he almost like a Russell Wilson as far as athletic ability, in my opinion. I think Russell's a little more athletic, um, but Pat is not not athletic. He uh, he he can he can take off and he can run, and that's the part that scares me. But we we've, we've mentioned it. We mentioned it last week. These. This offense of the Chiefs and this defense of the 49ers are going to match each other for speed. Yeah. The the Chiefs offense has never seen speed like the 49ers defense. And I'm not sure if 49ers defense, outside of Lamar being at quarterback, has seen speed that the Chiefs are going to bring. That's true. With that being said, I'm going opposite of Tim here. I got I got the 49ers by 10. And a Niners great by ten in a great game, and I think that they get a late field goal. You know, I think this is close all the way, and I think that I don't know under three minutes, under four minutes, they kick a field goal and go up by ten. Jimmy G drives them into range. I think that Pat Mahomes plays outstanding, but I think that the game. Ends on a Pat Mahomes interception. Ooh. Even though I'm with Tim, I think it's a, I think that it's going to be more scoring than not. But I think the 49ers defense is going to be able to hold them when it matters. And like he said, they cannot come out and start slow. The Chiefs cannot do no, that. No, they have to get on a hot start. I don't know who's going to stop this run. I don't know. If, I don't think anyone's been able to stop the, this 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 rushing game of the 49ers. And I don't see. Kansas City being able to do it. And I believe that that opens up the play action. And I think Jimmy can make the throws when they're there. But, hey, this is going to be all run game 49ers, all defense 49ers to get the job done. That is my prediction. 49ers by 10. Wow. Okay. So, um, your point about the Chiefs and their slow start, they cannot get out to a slow start. And as I said when Tim was on, Grind, you know, let San Fran run the ball, grind that clock out, keep them on the sideline. And on an, on the other side of that, if they do get out to a hot start and they can put up 17, 20 points in their first, you know, three, four possessions, 
that puts a lot of pressure on Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo because you and I both know Shanahan will stick with the run. Yeah, I mean, NFC Championship, he threw the ball six times. But here it comes. Younger guy, first head coach in a Super Bowl. You find yourself down 17 points midway through the second. You think the 49ers are down 17? I'm not saying I think that. I'm just I'm kind of playing devil's advocate to that point here. If Shanny finds himself down 17 midway through the second, does he abandon the run? Does he start trying to throw it? Does he start kind of getting outside of what he's done all year? Because that, hey, that pressure, man, that pressure hits Belichick. Super Bowl pressure. You know, so does that happen? I don't know. Um, My prediction. I've been wrestling with this, and when, when we have talked on previous episodes where we say we're not going to get into our predictions and all that, I've been saying that I'm conflicted, and I still really am, man. I think this is going to be one of the best Super Bowls we've watched in a long hey, time. Hey, don't listen. Don't get me wrong. If the Chiefs win this game, I, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, getting down to where I have to make a prediction, last episode before the Super Bowl, am I right or am I wrong? And if you guys listen to my uh, conference championship predictions, those were way fucking off. So maybe you don't put too much stock in mind if you're going to put money down, but I have to lean towards the Chiefs. I, you make a lot of great points about the Niners' defense. They've got a great pass rush. They've got all of that. But, man, I've seen so many big games, so many big football games come down to quarterback play. And when I think of Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, I just don't know how the Niners hold those guys down for 60 minutes. I I think that they probably have a you know a great game plan. I trust Salah Saleh. I still don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, I, I trust him to have a good game plan coming in. Um, you know he's one of the best D coordinators in the league. Um, but man, how how much planning can you do for speed like that and just so many weapons? The the running game. San Fran's going to dominate the running game. I I don't see any way that the Chiefs rush for more yards than the Niners. I just don't see it. But I just think come late fourth quarter, it comes crunch time, even if they just need a field goal, man, how often have we seen Pat Mahomes drop back, scramble for a little bit, and find Tyreek Hill 60 yards downfield? Or how often have we seen you know no, him, you're, you're, him find Tyreek, Tyreek makes that first guy miss, and next thing you know he's just tacked on 40 yards after the catch. You're absolutely right. Um, so I'm going to come down to it. I'm going to say that the Chiefs are going to win by seven. It's a close game. It's a good game. But when it comes down to it, I trust Pat Mahomes to make the play more than I do Jimmy. And I don't think that that's a wrong answer. I think this game can definitely go that way. Where I think the game is going to be made up at is the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line versus that front seven of the San Francisco 49ers. That to me – is what we want to watch. Right. Um, because if they're getting after Pat Mahomes and he's, you know, happened to throw off his back foot and throw across field, you know, to shit try and does. make a play, you know, he can do it. But, Looking the other way and shit. But, but it hasn't worked as well this year as it did last true, year. True, true, true. Um, so that to me that to me is where it's at. You know, that, that offensive line versus that front seven, 
And right now, oh, I just I cannot go against the Niners, man. It's really hard to to sit here and make a firm prediction on it. This is easily a game where I could go in and say it's going to be a toss up. One thing I don't think happens, I don't, I I just can't see any fathomable fathomable way. Maybe I should just use my West Carrollton words. Um, <laughs> I don't see any way that this game disappoints. No, I don't either. I, I don't, think, I don't, I don't, I don't think I see a. Uh, a blowout. I think I, I see a shootout before I see a blowout. Yeah, and I think you know I I agree with you guys. If it is a blowout somehow, some way, it's the Niners. Uh, yeah, but um, there's just too too much adds up there. If when you look at blowouts, the 49ers are going to dominate on defense and they're going to run the rock, and that's how a blowout is going to happen. If yeah. it happens, I don't think it will. But if I just there's no way this game disappoints. Um, I don't think there's any way Shakira and Jennifer Lopez disappoint at halftime. Um, all right, sorry. You know. Yeah, your uh, your girlfriend's upstairs. Oh, she didn't hear. It's soundproof. Um, we got <laughs> blankets and shit up. Um, I'm I'm probably sleeping on the couch. Um, so you know, let us know your thoughts. Obviously, we love to have you guys involved. Um, big Super Bowl party going on at your house. You got seven crock pots, and I'm gonna bring probably <laughs> pizza because I'm a cheap fuck and can't cook. Uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun one, man. I, I can't wait for uh, Sunday night. And, we got a uh, good weekend going on. Monte Carlo Saturday night, yeah. unlimited beer, some some blackjack, some gambling. If, and, if, hey, if anyone's interested in unlimited beer for ten dollars, uh, let me know. Yeah, get a hold get of us. I, I can plug you in. <laughs> Come in and uh, play some blackjack with us at poker the tables, ride? and uh, yeah, some poker, and uh, let's talk some sports that night too, and have a few beers. That's what we like to do. And um, coming into the Super Bowl, we're going to be active. Um, Maybe uh, you know, maybe some some live tweets or or something from our Twitter page. Maybe some some updates, you know, to to engage with you guys on there. Let us know what you're thinking about. Um, big 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 weekend, man. And I, we've had some really good ones coming up, but nothing gets me excited as a Super Bowl, man. I don't. I watch the World Series, but I don't get excited for the World Series. There's seven games, you know. Possibly. I, I, I the NBA Finals are really exciting, you know, especially because I've seen the Lakers in them and win them. I've never seen the Bengals in a Super Bowl. They were before I was, you know, old enough. But man, I just no matter who's playing, man, that Super Bowl excitement. There's not quite any anything like it. Yeah. Um. And Drew, let's. Um. We got a big. Uh. We we have a gift certificate gift certificate to give away you guys uh, heard when Tim called in um you guys the people spoke the way that we knew they were going to speak and you lose big frickers if you want us to give you a gift for card for shitty food we'll give you a gift card for shitty food you guys spoke you can have roosters frickers all the way um so what are we doing we're gonna do uh i don't know it's a 40 or 50 dollar uh, uh gift certificate to roosters and drew's gonna tell you how to win that uh, well, uh, we're going to put a post out on our Facebook page. Um, when this is post, when this is posted, um, you're going to have tonight when this is posted all the way until an hour before kickoff, five o'clock on Sunday. Does it kick off at six? It's like six 30, but we'll make it five o'clock. Okay. Okay. Um, and but you have to, I, what we're going to do is you, you have to be, you have to like our page on Facebook. We have to see that you're liking it and following us. Um, we're going to need you guys to share the photo because we do want this to grow and get big. I want as many people in here making predictions as possible. When the game is over, I want to have to sit down and scroll through all these comments and do all this math. Make me do all that shit I don't like doing. 
I, you know, to, to figure out who won this, uh, we had good interaction in the, uh, the, the conference championship weekend. Uh, we had some really good, 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 uh, stuff there. Troy won, I uh, hit it nail on the head. Uh, so, uh, you'll, you'll like our page, you'll, uh, share our post, um, and then comment on the original post with your prediction of the uh, total points scored. We actually gave you a little insider information with and, Tim and on the winning here. team and, and the winning team. So, so if, if I'm a person that wants to uh, enter this and win the gift card, I'm going to go to Locker Room Talk Uncut. I'm going to find the post. Uh, I'm going to comment Chiefs win by seven, as I predicted. Um, and with the total points scored, I'm not going to give you guys my insider information on that yet because Tim already gave you enough. So, so like the post, share the picture, comment winning team, total points scored. Whoever is the closest without going over will win. Um, if there is a tie, I will go live on Facebook. I will write your name down on a piece of paper, put it in a hat, shake it up, and I'll draw it that way. Um, this is one where somebody's going to have to win. It's you know the, the McGregor thing it got got a little weird. Um, somebody's going to win this, whether it's five people's names in the hat or it's twenty people's names in the hat. Um, we're going to share this. We're going to get this going. We're going to have a few days for you guys to you know look at the betting lines, look at the injury reports, get what you're thinking. Have it in by five o'clock Super Bowl Sunday. Enter for your chance to win a gift card to Roosters so you can go have some subpar chicken. <laughs> and uh, there it is, guys. Um, we're going to open that um, that up uh, as soon as, as this episode is posted. We'll be uh, followed by a uh, picture of the 49ers and the Chiefs, and that is where you want to comment. I'm going to try to find Andy Reid shirtless. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> hey, that's all we have uh today for you guys um really appreciate tim calling in um really want your guys's feedback and really want to give this uh, gift certificate out to someone who enjoys roosters food <laughs> most of you do so i maybe i maybe i'm wrong but i'm gonna stand on the fricker side for the rest of my life but maybe i'm wrong i put it up on my personal facebook like a year ago just off of a work debate and it blew up and for in, in roosters one so I'm not going to rant and rave over that any much. I fucking lost. I got to take my L. But uh, that's all we got for you today, a Super Bowl preview. Um, like I said, tune in, uh, comment, like, all that good stuff. Let us know what you're thinking. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Locker Room Talk Uncut. Get ready for uh, Monday night, our big Super Bowl recap. Who was right? Who was wrong? Probably fucking me. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll see you Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.